you are listening to High TV, your place for cannabis news, insights, and information. If you're new to this podcast, you're a newbie. What's going on, newbie? Welcome to the show. Hope to see you soon. Just know when Monday morning comes and this podcast plays in your cars and your headphones, you will be the most informed person in cannabis in your circle. Stay tuned and stay high, folks. ITV. Welcome back to another episode of High TV. It's been a while. Hopefully you guys had a great week and I'm glad you're here. I just want to take a moment to talk to the listener. You know, just think about us spending time when we listen to podcasts as being almost hanging out with another person. Now, even though from my perspective, I have no clue who exactly I'm speaking to, you know, but it feels like every single week, every single episode, we get to know each other more, right? We get to know how you know, what each other may like to listen to, and you would like to, I guess, learn something about the podcast. But I just want to take the moment to appreciate those weekly listeners, those people on the first day, Monday, when it's dropped early in the morning, goes out and listens to the podcast, who wakes up on Monday, starting their week with high TV. Not only are those who, you know, are relentlessly loyal on the Instagram, but also translate that in the podcast. It's really commendable, and I really want to communicate my gratitude to all our listeners. So thank you. If you're a new, if you're a new listener, as a podcast intro said, welcome. High TV is a podcast about cannabis news and information. And Cannabis Now, or Cannabis News Now, rather, you know, CNN, but I can't say it. Lawsuit reasons, you already know. But Cannabis News Now is about giving you the cannabis news of the week and making sure you are the most informed person about cannabis that week, at least. So this episode, just so you guys are going to know, they're normally an hour long, but I feel like I'm going to cut this one short to about 30 minutes. It's been a long Sunday, and I know I'm going to have a long Monday as well. And the week hasn't been that exciting with news, right? So I'm not going to cheaping you guys by stretching out the amount of listens. I'm going to make sure I crunch it down into as much as I can. So the first story we're going to talk about is about how Canada, you know, Canada legalized cannabis earlier this year. And it was a big story. It was a triumphant story of the first country, you know, first world country to legalize cannabis nationwide. Now, them legalizing cannabis is going to cause a domino effect. Once they push that domino, other countries are going to be excited to see what happens with their nation as they legalize cannabis. Of course, the stigma still lies with weed, right, where people think that if they legalize weed, everyone's going to not go to work. People are going to be smoking all day. But at least, you know, the food markets are going to increase. Right. But with that being said, imagine Canada as example said in the past. Canada is like that older sibling that has a door closed and all the other countries, just like the U.S., even though the U.S. is really the bigger sibling in this exam in this uh, in reality. But in this example, they're the younger sibling who's listening in on the door with the air on just to hear and catch a glimpse of what they're doing. Just catch a glimpse of 
what are they doing in there? What's what's so interesting? What are they talking about on the phone? You know, that annoying sibling that's always nosing in your business? That's what the U.S. is, and it's for a good reason. The U.S. wants to learn how it affects the country, not only on a financial level with taxes, but also on a commercial level, commerce. How are they gaining money? How are they affecting the jobs? We already had talked, talked about last week how Canadians or the Canada legalizing cannabis has caused a rise in the Canadian realty market. Much like we've seen in California now that there's a lot more land to be bought, you can sell it at a higher price because of what money they're planning to make with that land or warehouse or whatever. So the story goes as follows. The Canadian weed company that's going to destroy 77 million worth of illegal cannabis plants inventory is slashing the jobs of a quarter of its workforce. Wow. It is the second major cannabis company to announce hundreds of layoffs this week amid big downturn in the weed industry after a year of recreational pot being legalized. So that's pretty that's a big devastating blow. Even though weed is legalized, you can't just grow any type of weed. You can't just throw a seed in the ground and then, you know, put your hands on your hips like uh, Wonder Woman, you know, in that Wonder Woman proud stance. I have a legal cannabis business. I mean, you can do that, of course, but there's a lot more that goes into having a cannabis business than throwing a seed in the ground and, you know, hoping for the best. You got to follow these rules. You have seed to sale. You have, you know, compliance you have to follow. You have laws that you have to follow. Whenever you don't follow those laws, whether it be your, the weed you're growing isn't as clean as it should be, whether it be the seed to sale is corrupted or something was wrong with it, invalid, you have to go ahead and destroy your crops. That's $77 million worth of weed. Listen, if I was an investor, I'd be pissed off, man. I gave you how many millions of dollars and now I'm, no, I'm learning you're destroying 77 million pounds of weed? And that's another thing. I don't like that these states have a policy where if they determine the weed to be unusable, that much like, much, much like many things in our country, we just go ahead and throw it out, right? And probably in the most environmentally devastating way possible. You know, I mean, what they do when weed is seen as, quote unquote, unfit is pile up the weed, get some gasoline and incinerate it. If you guys ever watch Shameless, great show on Showtime. I know it's coming to an end soon, but uh, I'd love to see the progression of those characters. You know, Frank is hilarious. Fiona, of course, is the epitome of a uh, driven independent female who's able to take care of her family you know even though they made her alcoholic at the, end of, at the end of last season still love the show so shameless if you guys haven't watched it go ahead and check it out it's on netflix enjoy yourself but in the first season i believe they had this episode where they were growing weed or the second season where they were growing weed and they had to get rid of it don't know i don't remember why they had to get rid of it but in a part of the episode they gathered around everyone in the neighborhood in like a campfire bonfire circle not like the ones you see in the miami beach where all type of crazy drugs is being done but they gathered around this weed that's being burnt and they're all enjoying themselves because clearly the weed is being burnt they're all catching a secondhand high of course if it's pounds and pounds of weed could you imagine the aroma that erupted from the burning of 77 million dollars worth of weed i couldn't imagine i mean it sounded like a good time honestly it sounded like the, the towns around that place where they destroyed this weed all had a great week i guarantee you they had a great week this week all right, they've had some extra Canadian maple syrup on their pancakes. They had some extra Tim Horton coffee. You know, they were enjoying themselves, eh? <laughs> that was a British Canadian accent. Yo, but the story goes as follows. Cantrust is the company who destroyed the $77 million worth of weed. Cantrust Holdings today announced that it's temporarily cutting 140 physicians 
excuse me, 140 positions as it works to comply with Health Canada regulations. Ding, ding, ding. The licensed producer is dealing with an illicit weed scandal that forced out its CEO and raised questions on how legal cannabis industry operates. Now, naturally, when you're brand new at something, you don't have much experience, you're going to fuck up. You're not going to do a perfect job. Even though it's a $77 million fuck up and they have to lay off all these workers, it's kind of puts a bad stain on that experiment that is legal cannabis in Canada. I mean, it allows companies in the U.S. who are operating to make sure they tighten up their game. They pull up their socks. They tighten their tie. Because if you don't, you may have to destroy your weed. And I know some companies already, like a uh, Cureleaf here in Florida, ended up getting in trouble. I think they had molded molded weed and they got in trouble by saying their CBD had health claims and got smacked with a $250,000 fine. I mean, it's not looking good for Cantrust. They got to destroy their weed. They got to do this, all type of stuff. So much like Cureleaf has to learn from their transgressions in the past, just like this cannabis company Cantrust has to learn from its transgressions much recently. So the licensed producer, anyway, the scandal involved illegal grow rooms hidden behind fake walls. Wow. So that means that they grew weed, right, that had to see to sale, followed all compliance. But when, I feel like nobody in business likes when the compliance agent comes by, right? Like the, part, the person who does an audit on your business for whatever reason it is, no one likes that guy, right? Everyone is the best. It's almost like when the parents of your girlfriend or boyfriend come over and you act like the best person ever, right? Like I, I know as a guy, you make sure you dress all nice, professional, you know, you shave, you know, not clean, but you know, make sure you're cleanly shaven. You might speak with more alliteration and diction and be much more articulate, you know, <laughs> come off as a good guy, even though you're a freaking issue. You know, but that, that's exactly what this cannabis company did. You know, at the forefront, they, they seem like a legitimate cannabis company, which they are, of course. But behind those walls, literally and figuratively, <laughs> they were hiding illegal cannabis grows and they got caught. And what happens, you get caught, you get in trouble, got to burn up all your weed. So this produced at least five metric tons, okay? That's 10,000 pounds of weed lit on fire. I mean, if that's not a sight. For, if there's not a site that makes you shed a tear, you know, kind of clench your, you just clench your chest like 10,000 pounds of wheat burnt Jesus. And uh, some of which was exported outside of Canada. Okay, cool. Not all the $10,000, uh, excuse me, not all the 10,000 pounds were all burnt. Some of it were exported, chances are, to medicinal uh, marijuana in Canada, in uh, Europe, which Canada is very big on exporting their cannabis to states, countries rather, like the UK. Uh, High-ranking CanTrust employees reportedly knew about the illegal grow-up and didn't stop it. So, I mean, it's like that company, uh, was it Candy Crush or something crush so that pink bubbly company that makes edibles and stuff like that I'm seeing here in Florida they uh they got in trouble the reason they got in trouble was they decided to sell some of their products in the black market much less when when uh, this podcast predicted <laughs> that a lot of the companies who produce vaporizers and have vaporizers as a predominant part of their business because as already as you already know if you're a listener vape and vaporizers are the number one, or if not, excuse me, the number two seller when it comes to selling cannabis. They make the most money overall, right? The biggest amount of profits, and it's a cash cow. So when places like uh, counties in California 
go ahead and ban vaporizers, it's going to take a huge blow in your company. So a lot of the companies I predicted were to sell their weed on the black market. And it looks like a lot of those companies are paying that price. I mean, you got a bottom line to, you know, keep if you're a CEO. Your number one goal is to make the shareholders happy first and the customers second. And in the laws, it looks like last, which shouldn't be laws on the last. It should be laws first, shareholders next, and then your company. And then your uh, your consumers. Now, person as a consumer, I want them to prioritize me. But let's be honest. If somebody loans you some money, you're going to make sure they're happy first. And that's what investors are in this example. So Robert Markovich, interim CEO of Cantrust, told Vice, you know, Vice News, via email, that downsizing was a difficult decision. He wrote, Reducing the company's current operating expenses supports our financial stability and places us in the best position to fully resume production upon reinstatement of our license. We took forward to rehiring at that time and once again delivering high quality, innovative products to both our customers and patients. Now, here's the thing. Here's a takeaway. Of course, a loser would be the company that's losing $77 million, but I think what's more important, I think what's more poignant, something you have to focus on, and what's the crux of this that maybe is not even being written about in this article that I'm uh, translating to you, is that... uh, they're the workers, the work, the 140 workers who got laid off, who had jobs, probably had bright, you know, futures regarding cannabis and are excited about this brand new career, especially in an industry that they love. You know, you love smoking weed and now you're working for a weed company. What could be better? You know, what could be better about learning more about how things are done and how other people like their weed and have conversations where the cus- the consumers you're interacting with are all on your same page. The consumers you're er- interacting with feel the same way you do and may like the same thing things you like in the form of a strain of weed or the type of, you know, method of taking in the cannabis. But now you're having these workers out of a job. Now you have these workers scared to figure out what's their next step. A lot of these workers have children, have families they have to take care of, have responsibilities and bills that won't stop. Now, granted, because the company made a mistake, they're probably going to give them a nice unemployment, which if Canada is already giving. Listen, Canada is so dope. If you're a female and you have a baby, all right, you know, you, you get maternal leave. That's nothing new. That's here in the States as well. Right. For even father and the wife or mother in this case, depending on, you know, your situation, not judging anybody. <laughs> but uh Women who have children and get maternal leave in Canada can have maternal leave for up to a year, a year. And that means you have your baby in January. You're not going back to work until New Year's. I mean, if that's not a country, if that's a reason why Canada is the happiest or if not a top five happiest country in the world. I believe Switzerland is number one. And it's because they really care about their people. You know, they give them, you know, Medicare. They're not stressed about medical bills. They're, they're given maternal leave so that now you're having happier families. The mother really gets a focus on loving their child, especially for the first few moments, which is that year. You know, a lot of the things that happen to us or, or dictate what our personalities are like and what our uh, traumas may be, they're all generated generally in your formative years. And I mean, of course, when you're one, you're a toddler, but... Having that initial connection, that initial dedication and, and, and time around a parent is paramount. It's huge. It is necessary f- to build a happy society, a loving society, a, f- a familistic society. Now, of course, those, are, those people out there don't want, don't want a family, don't want kids, wife, whatever. There's nothing wrong with that if you're a listener. But what I'm saying is there's a reason why Canada is a great place to live. It's not just the, maples, the maple uh, syrup. It's not the leaf. All right. And it's not only because weed is legal, which is a great plus on this list, but it's also because 
they really care and love their people. Now, I hope that somehow they can love their people and give them a nice little unemployment check now that they're fired. But granted, there's so many cannabis companies in Canada that I think these uh, newly fired employees will find their way to other cannabis companies. I mean, I'm sure cannabis companies were rubbing their hands like Birdman anyway. You know, learn that the competition just effed up and it's time for me to blow up, you know? And it, it happened that a lot of these employees are, gonna, uh, uh, employees are getting let go because now they can add them into their company and probably even share ideas that they did can trust. Now, granted, if you're an employee, you sign a contract like an NDA. But as we've seen with Stormy Daniels and Donald Trump, that doesn't really standard test of time next story bernie sanders bernie sanders from vermont shout out to bernie feel the burn i mean no p- political affiliation here from myself on this podcast but you gotta love you some bernie you gotta love you some mr sanders okay it's only sanders that actually he's his number he's the second sanders that i fuck with of course colonel sanders is number one you know don't make any black jokes either all right just Keep that to you. Keep that to yourself. All right, Colonel Sanders and Bernie Sanders. Now, as we said, and I had this in, in this episode, we gave you guys a clip, which I might add on to this uh, podcast here. Who knows? But the clip was about how Bernie Sanders was on the Joe Rogan podcast. Joe Rogan podcast is the number one podcast in the world. They generate multi-millions of listeners every single episode. I think it's like six million on average every episode. And he produces three episodes a week. So if you multiply six by three, it's almost, almost 20 million listeners a week on his podcast. Simply amazing. Um, of course, you can see me geeking out about the, pod, the uh, topic because I run a podcast myself. And seeing something like that kind of gives me hope for what I'm doing with this. And it's not, obviously not the only thing I'm persisting or working towards because, you know, podcast isn't really, I don't think it'd be a main job until you already established yourself. And then podcast is a great number two to increase content. But anyway, the story goes, Mr. Bernie Sanders decided to drop the bomb on a Joe Rogan podcast or Joe Rogan experience and said that he will legalize cannabis by executive order. And that same voice I gave Bernie Sanders was on that last episode. Check it out. You'll see it in the uh, description. And he's, that's what he said. He was going to legalize cannabis via executive order. And his reason being was that you have so many people being locked up for cannabis where it's a nonviolent crime. It's really just you violating the laws but not really hurting much people. You know, other drug dealers hurt people. All right, Mac Miller, R.I.P. He was addicted to uh, fentanyl or fentanyl. And 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 uh, you have Prince who died of overdose due to pills. Whitney Houston, the list goes on and on. A lot of other drugs that are sold, even those legally, as you can buy at your pharmacy with just a little thing called prescription, can go ahead and make you an addict, a drug addict, and ultimately kill you by destroying your liver, your kidneys, and above all, other things. But yet cannabis that has much, much less side effects, let's be honest, cannabis isn't perfect, but cannabis is better than a lot of the other options available. So for Bernie Sanders to say that he will legalize cannabis was exciting, but a lot of people, of course, saw it as pandering. Just like when Hillary Clinton went on The Breakfast Club and said, I carry hot sauce in my bag. Like, come on, who told you to say that? Who told you, hey, look, this is Hillary, this is a black market and you have to appeal to them, okay? So just talk about hot sauce in your bag. They're going to love it. He's like, okay, I'll, 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 I'll do it. <laughs> That's exactly what happened, right? Pandering is what politicians do. They pander to their audience to just 
generate votes. And clearly, as a liberal, as you know, in America, those who are minorities, who are black, brown in between, they tend to fall towards the liberal side. So for Hillary doing that thing, it was kind of corny, but it made sense. But now Bernie doing this thing also makes sense because I'm not saying the minorities smoke more weed than uh, those who aren't minorities, right, or, or other than white people. I mean, Caucasians to be professional. Which the numbers don't don't support that. But this is a topic that I think can get a lot of liberals who are young people who are more for cannabis and minorities overall. Anyway, so again, we didn't think it was pandering. I thought the guy was serious. I thought it was obviously a selling point on the podcast because you're on a you're on Joe Rogan podcast with a guy who smoked weed with Elon Musk. All right, and it's constantly getting high on the show. So it only made sense to mention this in the podcast. So was it pandering? Who knows? It could be. But what happened this week, what happened just two days ago, was Bernie Sanders actually released a plan on how he was going to legalize cannabis, a detailed plan laid out to be executed if he becomes president. Is that when he'll win over votes? You never know. You know, a lot of people see Bernie as a dreamer, as he would say, I'm a dreamer. (laughs) as someone who's ambitious because of some of his ideals, like, you know, dropping, you know, the cost of cannabis or the cost of uh, college or college loans or something along those lines. And it's almost too good to be true. Some of the things he's saying. And uh, it's funny because I think there's definitely bots on Instagram because when I made that post on Instagram, I didn't see that many comments come in so quick to nullify and destroy anything that mentions Bernie Sanders. It's amazing. So I'm going to do a I'm going to do a trick. I'm probably going to make a post about Joe Biden on the podcast. Obviously, use his name, tag him in there, hashtag. And I'm going to see if those bots find the post to prove my theory. So stay tuned on the Hemp International Instagram to see what I'm talking about. But the story goes as follows. I know you guys are saying blah, 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 Des, get to the freaking story and i will i just want to let you guys i want to give you guys a little preamble a little introduction you know set the pres or set the set the mood before i jump in because it's a long article so i give you some more of me before i give you some more of the news and it goes as follows presidential candidate bernie sanders has outlined his plan for federally legalizing adult use cannabis within 100 days of next year's election 100 days if he wins the presidency. So in his first hundred days, he's saying, I'm going to legalize cannabis. I'm going to legalize, <clears throat> I'm going to legalize cannabis uh, in the first hundred days. <laughs> I don't know how Bernie Sanders transitioned to Obama, but it happened, okay? Anyway, the plan includes expungement of cannabis-related convictions, social equity programs from funds raised from cannabis-derived revenues that would, quote-unquote, ensure legal marijuana does not turn into big tobacco. As Bernie Sanders would say, and um, obviously when you hear me say his voice is a quote directly from him in this email or in this uh, writing that he produced about legalizing cannabis. Why is it that? (laughs) Why is it that millions of dollars are being made by mostly white, mostly male and already rich cannabis entrepreneurs in the states where marijuana is legal? While all the people. Uh, in these communities are ravaged by the war on drugs, have been shut out of the industry, denied credit, and many are still incarcerated. That goes on going to change that Bernie sent. Uh, I messed that up. I can't even do the accent and read at the same time. But uh, to continue to quote, that goes on to change when Bernie is president. Okay, that's what he said. That's exactly what he said in the campaign email. And it continues, the campaign says that Sanders would nominate an attorney general, a uh, health and Human Services Secretary and Drug Enforcement Administration head who will, quote-unquote, 
who will work aggressively with the end of drug war and legalize marijuana. <clears throat> I'm sorry. Bernie Sanders loves to clear his throat. Like Bernie Sanders clears his throat like somebody that's been smoking packs of Newports for 20 years. And I know the guy doesn't even smoke. It's just when you're old, things happen. The guy had a heart attack, you know, a couple of weeks ago. I'm going to take it easy on him. Bernie, my guy, though. You're my guy. And I support you doing this thing here, uh, legalizing cannabis or trying to produce an initiative to legalize cannabis via plan that can be read, understood, and perhaps convincing of future, uh, not future, but current congressmen and women. The policy would allow federal funding for states and cities to partner with organizations that could streamline the process. Much like California's partnership with Code for America, that partnership led to 9,362 felony and Mr. Meaner cannabis convictions in the state drawing back from 1975. I mean, 10,000 people in California, 10,000, listen, the, the same amount of pounds of weed that was burnt or just incinerated or shipped out to who God knows where in Europe is the same amount of people that had their charges dropped where it's considerably sitting either in jail or living a life as an ex-con all because of weed and had their record expunged, gone, wiped away, erased, sayonara, okay, gone, disappeared. And that's that's amazing because for those people that don't know, there's many people who you know who are going through, you know, some difficult life experiences because they have weed, crimes on their record they're not getting the jobs they're not getting up they can't get financial aid i mean the list goes on they can't educate themselves to bring themselves to a next level on the economic totem pole you have to understand that weed was used for so many years to keep certain people in poverty you know when you take away the means of advancing and rising yourself above in this country not saying there's a glass ceiling not saying they should be complaining it's possible to advance however for many people that live in environments where selling marijuana was the only way to put food on the table and clothes on their backs should not be still in jail or suffer the consequences of a record all because you sold marijuana when now you have people making billions of dollars selling weed now now you're having individuals who were drug law enforcement agencies from the dea they were DEA employees, high-ranking employees, quit their job, jump into the cannabis market, are now selling their weed legally. You mean the same group of people who put people away for a long, long time because they were quote-unquote doing their job is now making millions in the cannabis industry. Ain't that about a bitch? I mean, I know I'm cursing a little bit more this podcast because this is really some BS. It doesn't make any sense to me how you can allow them to have these, these uh, convictions but yet have it legal in the state. So California, I got to commend you for not only, you know, releasing 10,000 people under this one plan you guys have, but setting the precedent, okay? Making an example for other states to follow suit. All right? Listen, macroeconomic states that a country will advance when its population are educated, okay, and the technology is advancing. Now, our technology, is it advancing? I don't know. Our technology is kind of gearing towards the point of being for consumer enjoyment, much like our, you know, uh, phones and technology that's used for stuff like Google and Amazon. But the education is important. With all these convictions passed, as mentioned, they had the chance to get financial aid. They had the chance to have more opportunities to get into schools and educate themselves. If they educate themselves, that now opens up a brand new doors of opportunity. 
So with that being said, I kind of went on a rant, but it, it was needed. It's justified. We all feel this feeling inside. I mean, when I have, when I'm smoking weed and I look in my rear view mirror, I shouldn't feel any type of fear whatsoever. You know, I'm talking, obviously I'm talking about the weed is in my system already. I'm not condoning smoking and driving before I get shut off, shut down from this podcast. I just want to say, but the point, <laughs> the point, the point is, yo, the point is the scariest thing about weed, especially in areas where it's not legal is the fact that it's illegal. That you can get caught. That your whole life can change in a blink of an eye because you want to get high. Story continues, folks. Story continues. Presidential candidate Bernie Sanders has outlined a plan to the federally legal... Oh, I already read that. Uh, but yeah, so Bernie Sanders is planning to do this thing, okay? And I think I'm going to put at the end of this podcast a clip from the Joe Rogan podcast that we had added because didn't, we think it's necessary for you to see where this all started and now where it's advancing to. Obviously, it's not the, it's not the end of this story because you have to see how this is going to turn out in the White not the White House, but in D.C., right, where, where all the politicians get their chance to weigh in. And guaranteed, as we always say, lobbyists are lobbyists, okay? Lobbyists might as well be tailors because they're lining the pockets of all of these constituents in our, in our uh, Congress, all right? All these legislators are being paid handsomely by these corporate elite from whether the alcohol industry, the cigarette industry, the medicinal industry, anyone who loses by cannabis being legal, we're going to make sure they have certain politicians voted in and donated, quote unquote, to, to look their way. And I hope this, if Bernie Sanders get elected, let's be honest with you, if we're looking at the political spectrum, we're not really seeing much of a galvanization of those people who are in the liberal party, which is the Democrats. I mean, we have one candidate, of course, there's more than one candidate that's running for president on the Republican side, but the main, obviously, candidate, obvious candidate is Trump. And I'm not seeing the amount of emotional uh, wherewithal coming from the audience of the Democrats. Even watching the Democratic debate, it just wasn't awe-inspiring. It wasn't jaw-dropping. It wasn't eye-raising. I didn't bat an eye when I was watching it. I actually felt quite bored. And it's because these politicians don't understand the game has changed when it comes to running for president it's not about being the most clean-cut president out there saying the right things at all times it's about being more like those who may or may not vote like you if you only speak the language of those who are of the elite who only speak the language of those who do predominantly go and vote and have a certain you know level of affluence then you're going to connect to them and you're going to get their votes but if you want to win this election you have to get the votes of the people who may not be them you get those people by your logic your rationale your policies that you plan to put into play much like bernie sanders in this example but if you want to beat somebody like trump of course i said i was going to be objective but it's hard because this is our future, by the way. I mean, the guy could push a button. We in, we in war with China. And I signed up for federal uh, uh, financial aid. So chances are my ass is in selective service. And if there's a draft, bye-bye podcast. Bye-bye, Des. I'm flying over to Beijing to go shoot some machine guns. I mean, it is what it is. But uh, we'll see. Honestly, we, we never know until it comes. And Bernie Sanders is obviously trying to, you know, put a bigger flag down in the race and build some hype and emotions. I've seen Bernie Sanders picture more often recently, ever since his email come about. And that's a good thing. That means that 
you know, Bernie is really making strides of being a candidate or just putting his neck out there and making a safe bet, knowing that the cannabis community will support him. The young people who smoke weed will support him and those people who find themselves or call themselves liberal will support him. So uh, when it comes to cannabis news, I feel like this week has been slow. I don't know what the topics I want to talk about, um, but in all honesty, we'll see. In all honesty, we'll see. Next story, next story, next story. Hemp regulations will be issued within weeks of top USA official says. Now, what does that mean? What does that mean, Hot TV? When hemp was legalized last year in 2018, around this time, probably November. Well, you are in November, right? Well, almost. Halloween didn't even come yet. I think I'm in November. But around this time last year when hemp was legalized, it was dictated in the laws that uh, the FDA will have ultimate authority when it comes to CBD, whether it's allowed in edibles, what do you have to have in order to be a CBD company? Much like the company can trust in our first story, who has to follow these uh, stipulations that are meant for cannabis companies to be legal and operational, like not have your weed built into the wall, like a, like your name's Hank White. Hey, by the way, speaking of Hank White, if you guys have watched that uh, movie on Netflix, the one with Jesse Pinkman, uh, El, Cam- El Camino, eh, I'll say it's about a seven- 7.3 out of 10. I'll give it a 7.5 for nostalgia. You know, we all love Jesse Pinkman and seeing how he would carry things out and how the story continues. But in reality, I think that show ended perfectly. And even the fact that it had Jesse driving away and not knowing what happened, knowing what happened kind of gives us that closure. And I think that's what it serves as, just closure. It wasn't a movie I expect you guys to gather your friends to go watch. It's honestly one of the movies you can watch by yourself and maybe even fall asleep. But uh, shout out to Breaking Bad. Shout out to the creators of Hank White, Jesse Pinkman, and Breaking Bad overall. It was a good, it's a decent movie. wasn't great. Um, I don't know why I brought it up. Oh yeah, like can trust. Don't hide your weed in the walls if you're a cannabis company. All right. And the USDA and the FDA are planning to release these regulations saying if CBD is or can be allowed in food. For instance, Washington State has banned CBD from being put in the food because their uh, their asses they were scared of of the FDA. They were scared of allowing it to be sold in foods and then now have some type of uh, fine or consequence they would have to pay for their transaction. We've saw New York State do the same exact thing. They banned CBD from being put in the food. Now, granted, CBD, CBD, New York City is a large, large city with a large, large resident, not residential restaurant and food market. If you now allow people to just throw CBD on their pizza, like I see a lot of people doing here in Miami, nothing wrong with that, by the way. But it's going to take a lot of a lot of business from those whose business models and brands aren't ones to kind of lean towards CBD. That's not what they do. It's not their identity. They're not trying to catfish like the companies in last episode, acting like they're profitable. Come on, you ain't profitable. <laughs> Oh, man. So we'll see what happens with that. Uh, Hopefully it's not too crazy. But uh, during a hearing before the Senate Agriculture Committee on Thursday, Senator Joni Ernest told USDA Secretary Stephen Krensky that there's a big rise in interest in hemp amongst farmers in their states since the passage of the 2018 Farm Bill, which federally legalized the crop and its derivatives, which is CBD. States are currently working their way through the rulemaking process, but they need guidance, she said. The senator asked if Sineski or Kensky could provide a timeline of release of the federal hemp regulations. And he said, we would expect to issue. No, we would expect to be issuing the intern, the interim final rule here that 
these voices, I don't have the energy for the voice. As you know, I record the podcast at 3 o'clock in the morning. It's just like my creativity for the voices is not there. Even though I want to make this podcast more enjoyable. As I realize some episodes is a snoozer. Some episodes are fun to listen to from beginning to end. So if you want to take this to the next level, it's all about improving and getting better. Maybe the voices is part of that, you know? Uh, but yeah, he said that uh, that we've been in the in intricacy of clearance process for about 90 days working with some federal colleagues via the White House process will be input there. I think we're nearing just about the end of the process, yada, yada, yada. This story is boring me as I read it. Uh, honestly, I told you guys today was a slow week. I was trying to give you guys a little extra story, uh, but we're quick. If you guys have been following the Instagram, you can see that we posted some hemp made hoodies. As you know, hemp can make a lot of different products, including fabric. Um, hemp fabric is amazing. Why? Because it's UV resistant. You know, it's like something that can help bounce off, you know, those rays that are unhealthy for the skin and help prevent cancer in that aspect. You know, hemp fiber gets softer over time. You may get hemp now and it may feel a bit more you know, tougher to the touch than something like cotton. But the more you use it, the more you wash it, the more it lives with you, the more it gets worked in. The softer it is, the more comfortable it is. And that's part of the reason why hemp is so expensive. Not only because the crops aren't as ubiquitous enough to justify a cheaper price for the fiber per pound or however you want to measure it, um, it's going to cause it to be expensive. So those hoodies you saw on there were a test. It was an idea. I met this company named New Smyrna. Uh, they were tagged in that in their first initial post. And uh, they hit me up saying, hey, look, we make hemp hoodies. We think you would look dope if you have your logo on our hoodies or your you know, company name on there. So I gave him some ideas and he came back to me with how they would look like on a hemp hoodie. And as you saw on Instagram, some of those hemp hoodies are popping. I mean, some of those hemp hoodies look good. OK, I would wear a lot. Of, I wear most of those hoodies, actually, um, even the ones that's cream with like the white with the uh, pink letters. I would wear that as well. But um, the thing is, it's expensive. I mean, it costs a lot of money per shirt on a wholesale level. Could you imagine how much it costs on a retail level? I mean, shirts that are hoodies actually go for about $100 to $120 in other com- like other companies like Hoodlam go for that price. You get a hemp-lined jacket. It's a regular winter jacket with some hemp lines inside to help with insulation. Yes, hemp can also help you there, too. Hemp is also nice for sweat. It's very absorbent. This goes on and on. But that's the general price for hemp when it comes to garments. It's extremely ex- uh, expensive. And I think all hemp is really needing is a facelift when it comes to fabric. And it needs to be hot. needs to be cool. Put some celebrities in it and say that it's sustainable clothing, okay? It's high fashion. It's green 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 fashion so if you guys like the uh hoodies let me know send me a dm some of you guys have already asked where they where can they get it some of you have access how much they cost i mean generally they're gonna cost 99 dollars per hoodie right because they're very expensive not even making that much off of the price of it because of course you got to pay for the shipping the printing the labeling you know the list goes on and on right even double shipping where i'm shipping the products to me and then shipping the products to you lovely high fam followers out there but if you didn't like the hemp hoodies, also let me know, because i rather hear constructive criticism than hear what I want to hear. Because at the end of the day, you got to keep it real. And to be honest, I like the uh, hoodies that were cream. I like the black hoodie with the big hemp international letters. Uh, I even like the hemp international hoodie that was on the Yeezy pink, you know, 
Speaking of Lil Wayne, Lil, Lil Wayne, speaking of Kanye, Kanye dropped that album called Jesus is King. I don't know if you guys have t- taken a listen to it, but it's okay. It's not bad. I was expecting much more of a gospely album, which it seems like he did what every other gospel concert does. Take popular songs and just switch the word baby and girl for God and Jesus and you got a hit. If you ever watched South Party, you got a special episode about that where Cartman becomes a Christian rock band star by just replacing the words baby with Jesus and God. And he was killing it. And so that's what Kanye hopes to do with this album. Uh, honestly, it's, it's it was hard for me to take what Kanye is doing as very sincere and genuine because as you know Kanye is a king of marketing he does something says something crazy he's automatically shared everywhere much like his wife he generates clicks he generates interest and for these companies that means it correlates into dollars so now Kanye West have gone through this life change not only having Sunday service going to my home country of Jamaica big up big up Sorry about that. But um, he not only did come to, my, <laughs> come to my country, Jamaica, he performed, he gave out shirts, people enjoying themselves, and it seemed like this thing is growing into a new brand. And if you really look at it from a skeptical perspective, it's almost like Kanye knew that this audience, the Christian devote loyal audience, would be the most loyal to him. They would take all of his flaws, they'll take everything that he does wrong, and they'll just throw it to the side of him being an imperfect being, and that God creates imperfect people because he's perfect himself or herself now with that being said i mean is kanye genuine i don't know could he just be doing this as a way to regain the people he lost by his outwardly support of the president of the united states who the f knows all i know is that sonically the music the music is good um is every song a banger of course not but he got like at least three songs on there i could see myself listening to on a periodic basis but uh now i'm getting off topic talking about music and stuff so i think this podcast is over i think we've uh, overstayed our welcome uh honestly i mean yeah we definitely overstayed our welcome we could do way more but who knows? One last one, because I love y'all. One last one, because y'all come through every week to the listen to the podcast. And last podcast was kind of boring. I didn't do much alliteration. My emotions were very flat. But now I got a lot of energy. I guess it's like my back burners are on. You know what I'm saying? My backup generator at hospital when there's a blackout is on. I'm, I'm chilling. So last story, I promise. A new survey has found that cannabis may not be affecting Canadian workplace as was feared before legalization. Nearly one in 10 workplaces allow it. The survey was commissioned by Human Resources Services, a company by the ADP and carried out by Itspos, which is another company. It found that 86% of working Canadians say that their employer does not permit recreational cannabis. A part of me feels like I've already given you guys this story. It sounds so familiar, but I'm going to continue. And if I already have, well, bah humbug. For those that do not allow it, almost half of the employees say that they're making a good on the opportunity. 63% said that they're consumed before work and 47% during hours and 72% after work. I definitely did give you a story already, but the point goes as follows. People are smoking weed and it has no effect on their workplace. If 86% of people, nearly 90% of employers are saying that, yeah, when weed was legalized, we didn't see any change. Everybody acted the same. You know, everybody was just doing their work as always. They maybe were were smiling a bit more and probably uh, ate more snacks at lunchtime. But other than that, they were right on time. Okay. 
So uh, it's a godsend. I mean, oh, unfortunately, we had that bad news that happened to CanTrust in Canada, but just know that that isn't impossible and that isn't a con- a rare, a not commonplace. It's actually pretty frequent where you see companies having to incinerate and get rid of weed because they violated some type of service. Now, granted, what they have done was not as egregious as what my guy did here in Canada and hide literally weed in the walls, <laughs> like a secret wall. Like the guy was walking up going... Like, like, you know what I'm saying? The secret knock to open up the the weed of, the, the, the wall of weed. Man, speaking of, I, I really want to go to Loyal Cafe in California. Have you seen the food there? The food itself looked delicious. Not only that, they give you things to smoke with and can sell you the weed. They give you a rolling table. They give you a lighter. You know, they give you a bong. They give you the little Seth Rogen bong. It's like a time, it's like a, uh, 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 what is it called? The sand of time. What is that thing called? The time that you got to flip over? Why can't I think of it? But you know what I'm talking about, right? The little tie measurement with the sand. That's exactly what the bongs look like. And I think Lowell Cafe is just the beginning. I think there's going to be another one in the United States in the form of Las Vegas, number one, and two, perhaps Massachusetts, and then three, three uh, that's probably three already, but four, rather, New York City. I mean, MedMen is there on Fifth Avenue for a reason because it's marketing. You know, people are getting to use to associate the brand with another brand such as that. But uh, we'll see how, how it goes. Now I can tell myself is uh, drifting off away from the podcast. Hopefully you enjoyed it. Hope you're loving the Instagram. Um, check out Hungry Nimbus page on Instagram. There's going to be a great, great event happening in Miami. So if you're in Miami, Fort Lauderdale area, even if you're in West Palm Beach, make your way down to Miami on November 15th to enjoy this event that's going to consist of Mac and Keith infused holiday favorites like candy yams. Now, we didn't have turkey because I hate turkey. So we're going to have jerk chicken instead. And my my bullet, bullet Jamaican's coming out. And y'all going to love the jerk chicken. Also, we're going to have 100 milligram infused pies. We're going to have 100, 100 milligram infused pecan and pumpkin. I mean, it's going to be gummies available, dab stations, rolling competitions. Right now, I'm in the process of getting those little baby pineapples, pineapples, those little baby pumpkins and creating a little bong out of them or a dabber out of them. Why? I mean, it, it may be, seem unsanitary, but it's something I want people to, to participate in as they're eating this dinner. Because, you know, if you're eating good food and it got weed in it, you're not only going to want to eat, you're going to want to eat more. So uh, with that being said, this has been another episode of High TV. Follow us on Instagram. Like us on everything. (laughs) Follow us on Spotify. Subscribe to us on Apple Music. Share this podcast with a friend, with an amigo, with a homie. Hey, homie, listen to the podcast. Yo, check out High TV Cannabis News now or not. Either way. I'm glad you're listening, and new episodes will be posted later this week as a high rant, and uh, we'll see you next week. We'll see you next week. Stay tuned, and stay high, folks. High TV. Peace. The Joe Rogan Experience. Now, on the subject of drugs, marijuana is obviously a big issue in this country, and we've seen many <clears throat> states make it recreational, including this one. What do you think could be done and what should be done to have this across the board, especially federally? You know, I'm, there's a, a guy that I have on the podcast coming up soon. His name is John Norris, and he wrote a book on the cartels growing marijuana illegally all over this country and selling it, especially particularly in California now because it's a misdemeanor because it's legal recreationally and selling it with all sorts of horrible pesticides on it, all sorts of like very, in fact, deadly chemicals. 
All of this because it's not federally legal, because we can't have sanctioned, licensed companies doing an ethical job of growing something that any responsible, law-abiding person should be able to consume. Okay. Um, let me say this. When I ran for president for the Democratic nomination in 2016, I talked about a broken criminal justice system, which ends up having in the United States, more people in jail than any other country. We have more people in jail than China does, which is a communist authoritarian country. And what I called for then and I call for now is the legalization of marijuana in America. Right now, you have a federal law. It's called the Controlled Substance Act. He has heroin. Here is marijuana. They're at the same level. That is insane. Heroin is a killer drug. You can argue the pluses and minuses of marijuana, but marijuana ain't heroin. So we have to end that, and that's what I will do. As president of the United States, I believe we can do that through executive order, and I will do that. Second of all, what we have now is a number of states, and I'm very proud. I talked about during 2016 what seemed kind of radical, the need to legalize and decriminalize marijuana, a very radical idea. Four years ago, it is spreading all over the country. And by the way, it blows my mind. The drive through Nevada, I think here even in California, now you see signs, corporations buy our marijuana. Yeah. And four years ago, people were getting arrested yes. for doing that, right? Their lives being destroyed. Well, particularly in Nevada, there was life sentences given out in the 70s. Can you believe that? And yeah. now you have corporations selling the damn product that people went to jail for. Um, so I, I think ultimately, you know, we've got to legalize uh, marijuana. And what's good news, in a sense, is some communities, some cities are expunging the records so if you were arrested, uh, have a criminal record for selling marijuana, that is being expunged, and that is the right thing to do. You know, we can argue about the pluses and minuses. I'm not a great fan of, of drugs. Other people, you know, I t smoked marijuana a couple of times. Didn't do much for me. Other people, I guess, have.